Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 317 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for being here with me today. If you've not already, head over to pokercoaching.com. I actually just released my fundamentals course. It's completely free. I teach you everything you need to know to get up to speed playing poker. It starts assuming you know nothing about poker, you don't even know what beats what, but then very quickly it ramps up to teach you how to play fundamentally sound poker, how to adjust to take advantage of your opponents so that you are fully prepared to make use of the immense amount of training material I have available at Poker Coaching. We just went through a cash game challenge, a 14-day cash game challenge for the students where every day I emailed them a great piece of educational content for them to go through and... Turns out a lot of people are just finishing up their final exam, so congrats to them. You can still get in on that, though. Go to PokerCoaching.com and sign up. Today we have another hand from Texas Card House. Uh, Bingo decides to limp under the gun with a King-6 suited, playing $300 deep. I would not recommend playing the King-6 suited from an early position. That is definitely a fold. I know it can flop flushes, but um, that's about it. You don't really want to be playing weak hands out of position, especially stuff that are hands that make the non-nut type hands. And king six suited, if it makes trips, you're not especially happy. If it makes a flush, yeah, it's good, but it's still the second nuts. So you have to be very, very um, careful playing from early position, and especially don't want to be playing stuff like king six suited. Folds around to Andre, who raises to $15 with ace-king offsuit. Seems like he's about in the hijack seat, which is great. And then Aaron picks up Ace King, I'm sorry, Ace Four of Hearts on the button. So Andre's playing 500 deep, Aaron's playing 1,000 deep. So we're playing 500 effective here. You have to assume Bingo's probably just going to fold if you put in a re-raise. He's going to call if you call. In this scenario, what do I do with Ace Four of Hearts? I think you can mix it up depending on what you think of Andre's overall strategy. Like if you think if you re-raise to let's say $45 in this scenario, if Andre's just going to rip it in with a decent chunk of hands or four bet you, you definitely don't want to three bet hands like ace four suited because they do flop well enough when you're playing what is effectively 170 big blinds deep, right? So, however, if Andre is going to call a lot or fold a lot, that's going to allow you to three bet way, way, way more often. So let's see what Aaron does. I have to presume he's paying attention to his opponents. He's being smart, wearing his mask. Seems like a free roll to me. And... Aaron does three bet to 50 bucks, which I think is fine, assuming, assuming you don't expect to get re-raised very often. Now, we're about to see if it was a good play or not, because if Andre plays this ace-king by re-raising it to, let's say, 150, or perhaps just ripping it in for loads, um, clearly the three bet with ace-four is not particularly great, right? But if he calls, that's going to result in... Aaron winning this pot very frequently with his ace-four of hearts after the flop, which is just fantastic. If you can win all of these pots where you're essentially dominated, because your opponents play a little bit too passively from out of position, you're just going to print money. All right, back around to bingo. Let's see if he wants to try to flop bingo with his king-six of spades. He does not. And Andre pretty quickly calls with the ace-king offsuit, which tells me Aaron's play was probably pretty good. And the reason it was probably pretty good is because he did not get four bet by one of the most obvious four betting hands. With ace-king offsuit, out of position, you really, really, really just want to be four betting and building the pot with what is very likely the best hand. If you see the flop from out of position, you're going to end up playing very poorly. Now, that doesn't mean that Andre's a bad player. What I mean by that is, say it does come 9-6-2, right? 
Andre's going to check his ace-king. Aaron's going to bet with his ace-four. Andre's probably going to fold. If he doesn't fold, he's going to call. Turn's going to be whatever. He's going to check. Aaron's going to bluff again. And then Andre's going to fold. So essentially what's going to happen here is every time Andre misses, he's going to end up losing this pot. And when he does hit, if it comes king XX, there's no guarantee he's going to stack Aaron. And if it comes ace XX, Aaron's probably going to realize, all right, I have a very clear marginal made hand, and I need to check it back and not put any more money in the pot, right? And Or, you know, put in a minimal amount of money. He's not just going to be happy to get 175 big blinds in with his top pair no kicker against someone who could very easily have a better ace. So... This is a scenario that's going to work out very, very poorly for Andre when he calls. Whereas if he four bets, what's going to happen now is if he goes all in, whatever, hands over, right? If he does four bet to, let's say, 150, sometimes he is going to get called. But then he's got a third of his stack in the pot. He has one pot size bet left. He, you're probably not going to be folding the ace-king all that often with one pot size bet left going to the flop. So realize you just got to take some variance here. I know a lot of people are very, very... Um, nitty it seems like in cash games where they just really 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 don't want to get their whole stack in the pot but sometimes you just have to get your whole stack in the pot don't be afraid of getting stacked so many people are deathly afraid of getting all in in a cash game because you know to be fair typically you're not going to be getting all in too often in a cash game but the times you want to is when your opponents are going to be four betting or three betting you with the ace four suited i mean look aaron does not seem like a very very weak type player i mean He's sitting here, looks like a cool enough guy. I don't know him. He's wearing his mask, you know. He's probably play, he's probably bluffing some. He has he has a fun mask on. It's blue. I don't know what it look it looks it's not boring, right? This guy's probably someone who's playing some pots. So against someone who's playing some pots, you cannot be afraid of just getting your money in pre-flop, especially in scenarios where you're gonna end up just not being able to play all that well after the flop. So flop comes 887, two clubs, horrible flop for Andre. He does have the king of clubs. You're probably supposed to check call, I guess. He checks. Aaron's obviously going to bet here. This is a board that should miss both players most of the time. Pot is 107. I don't think you even need to go all that big. I think you can go like 40 bucks, 50 bucks, something like that. Aaron does put out a bet of 65. So 65 is an interesting bet. When you bet 65, unpaired hands will fold, which is fine and good. You don't, you don't really care if the unpaired hands fold. But the pairs basically never fold. I think, though, a smaller bet probably accomplishes the same thing. That said, I mean, if you think Andre has stuff like ace-king and ace-queen in his range, that should be an easy call to a small bet, then maybe you don't want to use that sizing. However, if you think about it like this, though, what if we bet 40, Andre calls with the ace-king, and then we just keep barreling, and then we buff him off on the turn? We win an extra $40 by doing that in the times he doesn't spike an ace or a king. And I know it feels a little bit um, risky to let him see the turn, knowing that you're going to be behind in those scenarios, but you're going to get some fold equity on the flop, and then you're going to get some more fold equity on the turn, and then you're going to get more fold equity on the river, because very often you're going to end up tripling this hand. One thing I've been doing a lot, if you've been watching my online streams, is I've been triple barreling a lot. We have a lot of those streams available for Poker Coaching members at PokerCoaching.com. Definitely check those out. I love bluffing. And this seems like a spot that in the past, I would probably not go for this bluff. But today, like I'm tripling here every time because neither player really has an eight. And Aaron could easily have aces that would value bet three times. He could easily have kings that would value bet three times. He blocks pocket aces, which means it's less likely his opponent has that, right? So this is a scenario where Aaron just has a reasonably big nut advantage, unless, of course, Andre just has a whole lot of 8x in his range, but is he really raising over a limp with too many hands containing an eight and then calling a three bet them with them? Like probably not, right? So this is a situation where I think Aaron's going to get to bet flop turn and river. And by betting smaller on the flop, you're going to get called more often on the flop. But 
then you're gonna be able to just bet the turn and win more money from your opponent. Winning these big pots um, on the turn in the river with bluffs is very, very beneficial. And I think that's what's gonna happen in this scenario a lot of the time. Anyway, facing a 65 bet, what, did, what should Ace-King do? It's gross, but I think you should call. I think if you're folding this hand, you're just folding way too often. This is a scenario where you should probably call with all pairs, any hand with Ace of Clubs, which you know, you're gonna have a good Ace, right? It's gonna be like Ace-Queen, Ace-Jack, et cetera. And all your flush draws, if you happen to have like 10-9, obviously you gotta stick around. If you have even like a gut shot, you should probably stick around. You have to call pretty often in this situation. Notice that you'd be putting in 65 into a pot that would go up to, what, my brain's not working, 200, uh, 240 bucks, something like that. So you need to realize, what, 28% equity or something like this? You'll realize 28% equity with Ace-King. And to be fair, I don't, I don't know if Aaron is going to be double-barreling or triple-barreling this. Maybe he doesn't. Imagine he doesn't. You just check, call Ace-King, check, check, turn, check, check, river, you win. That's fantastic. So I think this was just played way too weakly by Andre. Uh, he should definitely have four-bet preflop. Every single time, I'm telling you, life is going to be a mil well, maybe not life, but poker is going to be a million times easier for you if you just four bet this ace king and get your money in pre flop. Because this flop would come, yeah, you have one pot size bet. Sorry, we're getting all in. We have the king of clubs and we have the best hand a lot of the time. And he would have ended up winning a reasonable pot. Instead, he ends up losing this pot because Aaron is taking advantage of Andre's overall passivity at the poker table. So that's going to be it for today. I hope you enjoyed this. Again, if you want to see many, many examples of me triple barrel bluffing, also we have, uh, we've had Faraz Jaka streaming for us recently as well. He is a world-class player, and if you've ever played with Faraz, he loves to put in bluffs too. I was watching his stream the other day. It's like, oh, he's clearly just check-folding the turn here. And then he check-min-raised it with like some total garbage. And the opponent folded. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why he's a wizard. That's why he just crushes everybody. All right, that's me for today. Have fun. Check it out at pokercoaching.com. If you like this, click like, click subscribe, and share it with your friends. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.